Hey everyone, so recently I decided to do a thing. After nearly three years and two and a half million downloads, I changed the name of the show from Journey to Manifesting to the Sarah Prout Podcast. Everything is still the same, just with a different name, so I hope you enjoy. This is episode number 25 with Marcy Shymoff. Welcome to your journey to manifesting. My name is Sarah Prout, best-selling author and creator of The Manifesting Academy. Each week, I'll bring you an inspirational message or share powerful conversations with thought leaders, game changers, and light workers. The intention here is to motivate you to create the life of your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Now let the journey to manifesting begin. Hello, everyone. How are you feeling today? What are you experiencing in your current reality? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel joyful? Or do you feel mildly depressed and irritated by the things that are unfolding in your life right now? Well, I have some good news for you if you're feeling that way. Today, a special guest is with us, somebody that I have wanted to connect with for a really long time. Her name is Marcy Shymoff, and she's a New York Times bestselling author, a world-renowned transformational teacher, and an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love. Marcy's books include the runaway bestsellers such as Happy for No Reason, Love for No Reason, and six titles in the phenomenally successful Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul series. Her books have sold over 15 million copies worldwide and have been produced in 33 languages. They've topped the major bestseller lists and have been on the New York Times bestseller list for a total of 118 weeks. Marcy is one of the best-selling female nonfiction authors of all time. She's also the host of the national PBS television special called Happy for No Reason, and she's a featured teacher in The Secret, which I know a lot of you guys have seen, and she's also the narrator of the award-winning film Happy. If you haven't watched that yet, please check it out. I believe it's on Netflix. Marcy currently co-leads a worldwide program called Your Year of Miracles with thousands of participants from 42 countries around the world and she inspires them to live a life full of miracles. Marcy has inspired millions of people around the world and is completely dedicated to helping people live more empowered and joy-filled lives. Please join me in welcoming to our show today the incredible Marcy Shymoff. Welcome, Marcy Shymoff, to the Journey to Manifesting podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show with us today. Uh, I am delighted to be here with you, Sarah. I would say I'm happy for great reason to get to be with you. So let's just dive straight into some questions. I'd love to know about where your journey began and where you really sparked the passion for the work that you do. Mm. Well, um, my journey began when I came out of the womb. And truly, uh, on this work, my journey began when I came out of the womb because I I was born depressed. I came out of the womb with what I call existential angst. And I was a pretty unhappy camper um, all of my growing up years, though I had a great family um, and all great circumstances. I was just, I felt like I had a dark cloud around me. 
And then I had a couple of life-changing experiences. The first came when I was 13, and I saw a man named Zig Ziglar speak. I don't know if you've heard of Zig Ziglar. I but have. That would have been incredible. It was, it was back in, it was in 1971. So for those of you who are doing quick math, it makes me 60. I just celebrated my 60th birthday. And, um, <laughs> thank you. And I saw Zig speaking and I just, something like clicked in me and I said, that is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I am supposed to, I just saw a vision of myself traveling around the world, um, speaking to people and inspiring them. So I remember I, I went home um, and told my parents that I, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I told them I wanted to be a speaker. And this was 1971 and nobody did that. I mean, that was like, you know, not a profession. And, um, and they were pretty disappointed because my dad was a dentist and they wanted me to be a dental hygienist. Oh, yeah. uh, but my mother, uh, my mother kind of teased me. She said, honey, you sure talk enough. You might as well get paid for it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I got the vision of what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I was still, you know, just this unhappy person. Um, and I thought, you know, it can't very well speak and inspire people if I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my 20s, I decided, okay, I am going to get happy and I'm going to do it by setting goals for myself. And then once I reach those goals, I'll be happy, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I set five main goals for myself. And I'll just share them with you, Sarah, because I think a lot of people will be, re- be able to relate to this. You know, I think most people like have kind of done a similar thing. My five goals were that I wanted to have a great career helping people. I wanted to have a great husband or life partner. I wanted fabulous friends. I wanted a comfortable, nice home. And then my fifth goal was that I wanted the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. <laughs> I love it. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, okay, once I get all five of those, that's it. I will have everything I need and I'll be happy. And I will tell you, Sarah, I got four out of the five. I don't have Halle Berry's body. <laughs> but you I do what? have a- That's the best though. I think that that's probably the best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I do have a healthy body. Yeah. And, you know, so I worked really hard and I got all my ducks in a row and I got everything I thought I needed to be happy. And I had a turning point moment. It was in 1998. At the time, I had three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had a great partner. I was had wonderful friends, comfortable home. I was healthy. I had everything. And I had just finished giving a talk to a room full of eight thousand people. Wow. And I autographed 5,432 books. The, the client had had a massage therapist there to massage my hand so I would keep on signing. And I felt like an author rock star. Wow. Really, it was like pinnacle of, of what I thought I, I, I wanted in life. And I remember going up uh, to my hotel room after signing that last book. It was the presidential suite that my client had gotten for me. And I walked over to the huge windows overlooking the Chicago skyline. And I turned around and I fell onto the bed and I burst into tears. And I burst into tears because I realized that I had everything I thought I needed to be happy and I still wasn't. And I didn't know what to do. I could no longer 
believe the myth that we are all taught in our society that, you know, if you just get more of something, it's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like the end of the line on it. It was like, okay, I get it. More isn't going to bring me happiness. You know, if, if more fame or money or success or any of that would bring happiness, then we'd have a lot more happy people in mm-hmm. Hollywood, you know, which is not a happy place. And it, it just, it became so clear that more wasn't going to bring me what I wanted. So I decided at that point, I committed myself to finding out what would make me happy. And I did all of the research on happiness. I went out and I interviewed all the researchers. And then I interviewed hundreds of people who have what I call lasting happiness, happiness that doesn't depend on your circumstances. Mm. It's what I call happy for no reason. And I found that the only difference between happier people and me was that they had different habits than what I had. And I started practicing the habits of these happy people and I became happy. I mean, it's like, it's one of those stories where you go, oh, come on, it can't really be true. But it is true. I'd say I went from, if you were giving me a grade, I went from a D plus in happiness to an A. Now I am constantly a work in progress. I'm still working on it all the time, but it's solid. It is really, and, and, and what's so exciting to me about this is that anybody can do it. And I'm, I know we're going to get to share some really practical things that anybody can do in order to be happier. So, Oh, it's so exciting. I myself value joy above everything else. That's like my primary value. And I try and seek that. I don't try. It just happens effortlessly now. At first, I kind of had to prompt myself into seeking joy. And now I just find so much joy in the smallest of things, whether it's seeing blossom on the trees because it's springtime or listening to a song that I really love. And and people tend to overcomplicate that and be really in their heads about it as well. So tell me. They do. You know, I, I, I want to just make, I am so glad you said what you just said because it is so much easier than what people think it is. There are specific steps that we all can take to be happier and it's not that complicated, but it does take changing some old habits. Yeah. So tell me about some of the transformations that you've seen in the people that you've worked with. Have you seen people go from the pits of despair and depression and grief to being able to live in the present moment and lean into happiness? Yeah, it's this is the most fulfilling part of the work is I have had so many uh, numbers of people come up to me after I've given a talk um, or, or, you know, they'll write me an email, but after I've given a talk, especially cause I'm with them live and they're standing in this autographing line and they're crying. And I know what I'm about to hear when they get up to me. I've had a number of people say, you know, Marcy, I actually thought that, um, life wasn't worth living mm-hmm. and I was so depressed. I was going to take my life and I listened to you or I read what you said and I started doing what you said. And I just, I have a totally different life. And that's the ultimate, the most extreme of circumstances. But I've also had so many people come up to me and say, you know, I thought I was pretty happy already. And I read your book or I I listened to what you were saying and I practiced it and I found that I could be happier. So it doesn't matter where you start on the happiness continuum. It it just and and the thing that I, I often find most touching of course, the ones that where people say that, you know, it's saved their life is mm. you know, it's more powerful than that. But also when people say, 
you know, I started doing this for my children Mm. because I wanted my children to be happier. And so we as a family started practicing these happiness habits that you talk about. And it's amazing how how all of us together are getting happier. Mm, I love that. Have you seen people convinced that they're happy and you can kind of see beneath the surface and you know that it's not operating from a paradigm of truth? So, for example, somebody who believes that they're happily married and and things are clearly dysfunctional. Have you seen and been able to objection handle the people that perhaps need to dive a little bit deeper? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Anybody who comes to me and says, I'm happy because I have a great marriage, I'm happy because I have a great job, Mm -hmm. I call that being happy for good reason. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a great job and having a great, uh, you know, marriage or whatever. I love those things. I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> but it is not what I call being happy for no reason. Mm-hmm. Being happy for no reason is an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on your circumstances. And what that means is it doesn't mean you're walking around 24/7 with a silly grin on your face. <laughs> it, it means that you have a backdrop of peace and well-being that you carry with you wherever you go. So yes, you're going to have grief if somebody dies. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to be upset if you lose your great job, but you're not going to crumble because your happiness didn't depend on that external thing. That's the biggest myth that we have in our culture is, is that myth that of, you know, I'll be happy when or because, you know, I'm happy because I have a great marriage or I'm happy because of whatever reason. It's it's just a flimsier state of happiness. And I do believe that we all need to go deeper and do what I call it. You know, here's Sarah, what's really interesting to me in the happiness research. We all have something called a happiness set point. And it's like a thermostat setting. And no matter what happens to us on the outside, good or bad, we will tend to return to our happiness set point, our thermostat setting, unless we do something consciously to change it. And this is why people who win the lottery, you think, oh, that's all I'd need to be happy. I'll just win the lottery. Well, people who do, they are happier for a few months. Yeah. But the research shows that within a year, they've returned to their original happiness set point. So our set point is what needs to be changed. And the way that we change our set point primarily is through changing our old habits. I absolutely love that. And I'm so passionate about this as well, because I know that the the studies out there reflect that a majority, especially in America, are medicated to manage their emotions. There's a lot of people out there that are on antidepressants or other medications to balance their moods. Can those people still work on their happiness from an authentic perspective if they're medicated? Mm, Such a great question. We have an epidemic of unhappiness in our society. Um, We have more than we've ever had, especially people in North America, Mm. more than we've ever had. And we are unhappier than ever. One out of four women in North America is on antidepressants. It's crazy. So here is what I can say to this. I believe we are way over medicated and there are some people for whom the medication is really important. Mm -hmm. So do not go off of any medication without first checking with your doctor. Mm -hmm. So that is my disclaimer. Now, 
with that being said, I have found that many, many, many people are able to go off of their medication under their doctor's supervision once they really get to the root of what's going on and they change some of these old habits. And it then allows them a much greater and deeper state of unconditional happiness. Mm. Oh, so there, yeah, absolutely, it is completely possible. Mm. And I've seen it many times. And there's lots of physiological things that people can do as well, such as uh, increase their exposure to sunlight, even vitamin D deficiency. And, and working on that can help move, uh, boost somebody's mood and their levels of happiness. Well, you know, I, I, I love getting really practical. So Sarah, can I, can I, can we get to, down to the nitty gritty on a few of Go these things? It. That's what I'm here what for. I, what, oh, good. Because <laughs> what I want to do is I want, what I have found is I've found that there are seven main areas of our lives that we need to really address for greater happiness. And we're only as strong as our weakest link out of these seven. So I want to go through all seven of them. And I want you all, if you're listening to, well, you're listening, so you are listening. I want you to, um, to, to see which of these are you perhaps the weakest in, because that's where you want to start, wherever you're the weakest. And I created a little uh, metaphor. I know it's hard for people to remember seven of anything. So I created a metaphor for um, happiness called building your inner home for happiness. And here's how it relates to these. Uh, home has seven main areas. It's got a foundation. It's got four corner pillars. It's got a roof and a garden. And here's how it relates to these seven main areas of, of building your inner home for happiness. The foundation has to do with taking responsibility for your life and your happiness. And that means not showing up as a victim in life. And here's how you know if you're a victim. If you are caught in blaming, complaining, or shaming, meaning shaming is blaming yourself, feeling shame or guilt. If you find yourself in patterns of those on a regular basis, then you, uh, you're robbing your happiness. And so one thing to look at is how often do you blame? How often do you complain? How often do you feel guilt or shame for yourself? You know, when we're doing any of those, we're in a victim mentality and we can't be happy. So that's one of our seven areas. Then we go to the four corner pillars. And the four corner pillars of happiness have to do with the mind, the heart, the body, and the soul. So the mind is our thoughts. Do you have thoughts that support your happiness? Or do you have happiness robbing thoughts? And I'll do a brief overview and we can go back and talk about any of these later if you want, Sarah. But the mind has to really do with those, do you have the neural pathways of happiness, the thought patterns of happiness? Then the heart has to do with, do you live with an open heart? Do you have compassion? Do you have gratitude? Do you have loving kindness? Do you forgive easily? All of those are big contributors to happiness. Then the third pillar is the pillar of the body. It's what you were referring to, Sarah. Do you have the biochemistry of happiness? Do you have enough serotonin and oxytocin and endorphins, these happy chemicals? And if not, there are simple ways that you can get more of those, build more of those. And then the the spirit has to do with, the pillar of the spirit has to do with, do you feel connected 
to a greater energy of life. I don't care whether you call it God or spirit or nature or creative intelligence, that energy that animates all of life, do you feel a connection to it? And then there's the roof of your home for happiness, which has to do with your purpose. Are you living an inspired life? Are you living what you're here on this planet to be doing? Do you wake up and go, oh, yes, I love what I get to do today. And then finally, the seventh area is the garden. And it has to do with the people you're surrounded with. Are you surrounded with toxic people, the weeds in your garden? Or are you surrounded with roses and gardenias, the people who are a joy to be around? So those are the seven main areas. And really look at those. And most people are good at two of them, pretty strong in two areas, and pretty weak in two and mediocre in the others. And find where you're the weakest and start there. I was the weakest in the mind, in my thought patterns, and in my body. I had a low, um, I did not have enough serotonin and, 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 and endorphins. And so I had to do a lot to build those. I did a lot of exercise. And like you said, I got get enough vitamin D and sunlight. And there's a number of other great things that you can do that I talk about in Happy for No Reason. And then the mind, I really had some old habit patterns of negative thinking where I would constantly go to the negative first. I absolutely love and resonate the most with number one, taking responsibility, because I feel like a lot of the listeners out there, that's just that subtle shift, that entry point to transformation that will change everything. And I literally mean everything, because when we do take responsibility for our energy, so much changes around us and, of course, within us first. I, I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that one. I, I feel you like bet. crying happy tears. <laughs> yes. And, you know, ultimately that's where it all has to start is instead of saying, you know, I can't be happy because, you know, my my spouse is so miserable or I can't be happy because I had a terrible upbringing or I can't be happy because the I can't be happy because is is meaning you're a victim and we all have to start with you know what I can take responsibility for making choices that will raise my happiness set point. Mm, I I definitely think that people need to be reminded to take responsibility for their own happiness because it's it, it is an epidemic out there uh, unhappy relationships because people have these these difficult expectations that others can't fulfill. I my first in my first marriage I was married to 10 for 10 years in an abusive relationship. It was domestic mm-hmm. violence. And I had to take responsibility for my own happiness in order to leave that disempowering situation. So it was really a, a process of, uh, I saw the secret as well, and that really helped me on mm-hmm. like the, the ground level to understand energy and the law of attraction and, and taking responsibility for the direction that I wanted my life to head in. So well, so I, I want to <laughs> say congratulations for having done what you did to get out of that situation and to create the life of joy that you now have. It's a great inspiration to other people um, for how how it can really be done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a journey, but I am so passionate, especially just like you teaching people how to seek joy and live in happiness because we only get one go at this lifetime. You know, it's not yeah. a dress rehearsal. I don't exactly. know what people are waiting for. You know, it's time to really make as much fun and joy and happiness unfold as you can. Yes, completely. 
So shall I, shall we go into a couple of super practical things that people can start doing like tomorrow, today? Oh, absolutely. To be happier? Today would be good. Today would be okay. good. <laughs> let's, let's, how about if we, I share three things that people can do. That'd be wonderful. Okay. So the first one is a very simple, simple practice. You know, ultimately, uh, happiness, I think, is very dependent on self-love, mm-hmm. on how we, how we feel about ourselves how we take care of ourselves. Um, And so I'm going to give you a very simple question to ask yourself. I want you to write this on a post-it and maybe a couple of post-its and spread it out throughout your home or your office or your car. And the question is, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? Super simple question. (laughs) What's the most loving thing I could do for myself right now? And sometimes the answer is going to be something as simple as I can go get a glass of water or I can go outside and get some fresh air. Mm. Sometimes it's going to be I can pick up the phone and call a friend and get some support. Or, you know, it's just it, it changes every time you ask the question. But the idea is that when we love something, we take care of it. What we don't generally do, most people, is take care of ourselves and listen to our own needs are. So as you start to do this, and I recommend doing it twice a day for the next couple of weeks, start to make it a habit. What's the most loving thing I could do for myself? And as you do that, it sends a message to yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm worth it. I, 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 can, I can take care of myself. It's okay. I'm worthy of this. So that's number one. So I'm going to ask that question of myself right now. What's the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? And the answer is I'm going to take a little bit of water. Um, So Sarah, uh, I'm going to just sip some water if you want to say anything in between. Oh, absolutely. Well, let me just say that I hope everybody's getting out their little stack of post-it notes and writing that on there to post around their house. I find it particularly empowering to place post-it notes on the mirror. Because mm-hmm. when you're, you know, whether you're doing your makeup or whatever it is in the morning, your routine, it makes it very easy to remember because you're sitting there, you're pausing rather than all of the busyness and the clutter of life getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love that. All right. So technique or tip number two, I'm going to share with you a one minute technique called the inner ease technique um, that I learned from a group called the Institute of Heart Math. They're the world's leading researchers on the heart and how it affects our happiness. And they've found that when we are stressed out or frustrated or angry um, for just five minutes, it can suppress our immune system for up to six hours. But when we're feeling love and gratitude and ease for just five minutes, it can strengthen our immune system for up to six hours. So we're not going to do five minutes. We are going to do one minute just to even show you what can happen in one minute. And this technique uh, is very simple. It's three steps. And Sarah, I'm going to ask you to be my guinea pig, okay? Okay. Okay. Now, I want everybody to do this along with us. Otherwise, it's sort of, it doesn't work to just listen to us doing it. It's sort of boring that way. So (laughs) join in. Now, if you're able to close your eyes, please do so. Otherwise, you can do this with your eyes open as well. So the first step is to simply place the palm of your hand over your heart. Now, this simple act of putting your hand on your heart starts the flow of a chemical called oxytocin. And oxytocin is one of those happiness chemicals. This one, oxytocin is known as the love hormone. 
because it's what we feel when we feel bonded and connected with each other. Mothers who are breastfeeding have lots of oxytocin. But just putting your own hand on your heart right now like this is stimulating the production of oxytocin in your body. Now the second step is to imagine that you're breathing in and out through the center of your heart. So just imagine that on the inhale, you're breathing into your heart. And on the exhale, you're breathing out of your heart at your own pace. Inhaling into your heart, exhaling out of your heart. And you can either picture that happening for people who are visual, or you can just feel it for those who are more kinesthetic. And now finally, the last step is that on each inhale, imagine that you're breathing in love, ease, and compassion into your heart. Your exhales, you're just exhaling out of your heart easily. But each inhale, you're breathing into your heart, love, ease, and compassion. And some people might have an easier time remembering a time when they felt love, ease, and compassion, or a person that helps them feel that way, or even a four-legged beloved. Or you can just silently to yourself say the words love, ease, and compassion. And one last time, breathing deep into our hearts, love, ease, and compassion. And on the exhale, you can slowly take your hand away and slowly open your eyes. And as you're opening your eyes, I want you to notice how do you feel in your body right now compared to how you felt about a minute, maybe a minute and a half ago. And how do you feel emotionally right now compared to how you felt a minute to a minute and a half ago? And Sarah, you said you'd be our guinea pig. So <laughs> I feel really good. <laughs> I feel very present, very grounded and Great. very grateful. Thank you so much, Marcy. Right? It was very powerful. So here's the thing. Doing it once is just a nice experience. It won't make a change in your life. Mm. But if you do this every day for the next two weeks, a couple of times a day, you will start to make it a habit. It'll become more and more your default state. All I have to do these days is simply put my hand on my heart and immediately it starts that whole biochemical response and I start feeling better. So it's simple things that doesn't take a lot of energy. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So that was two. Now I promised three. Number three. (laughs) Okay, number three. Quite simple. This is to create new neural pathways in the brain. One of the women that I interviewed for Happy for No Reason, in order to uh, create new neural pathways in the brain, she pretended that she is the Academy Awards Committee. And she is on the lookout every day for things to give an Academy Award to in her mind. So it's, it's the, the, the principle is to be on the lookout for the good. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, no problem finding it. But there's an equal, I would say, or even greater amount of good stuff out there. And whatever we put our attention on is what grows stronger in our life. So be on the lookout for the good. So what she does is she'll be for, out for a walk in a park and she'll see a really cute little fluffy white dog and she'll she'll say, oh, that dog gets the cutest dog of the day award. And she has a goal for herself to give out five Academy Awards every day. <laughs> Just want to look out for the good. So that's a simple thing. If you've got kids, play that game with them. Mm-hmm. Get them in the habit of doing this. 
That's a great idea. I've got four children, so I'll get them started on that straight away. (laughs) You and your kids are going to be the Academy Awards Committee. That's very cool. That sounds so fun. So my last question for you, Marcy, is what are you really proud of that you've achieved in your own personal life that not many people would know about you? Well, honestly, I'm really proud that I have overcome some old habits that I had as a child, old habits of self-criticism that were pretty, they were so intense that in the fifth grade, I went to Girl Scout camp and I remember the girls in the fifth grade saying to me, Marcy, would you stop being so critical of yourself? I mean, who in the fifth grade does that? But it was like, really, they said, it's, it's so annoying to be around you because all you do is you judge yourself constantly. Mm. And so um, that is probably the, the, the biggest accomplishment that I have is that is that I've overcome that. And I feel a deep inner peace and happiness. It's not to say that I still don't criticize myself. Sometimes I do. But I know how to get off of it quickly. I know how to replace it with appreciation for myself. And it really affects everybody around me too. So I would say that, you know, the biggest accomplishment is that I was a bummer to be around in the fifth grade and I don't have a bummer to be around anymore. (laughs) I love it. I'd just like to take a moment, Marcy, to honor you for the work that you do in the world and the millions of lives that you've impacted. It's truly been such an honor to spend this time with you today and to bathe almost in your wisdom. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Sarah, I loved getting to be here. And can I, can I, close with one comment or one, one, um, I always love to share a Chinese proverb with everybody that sums up why I'm so passionate about this. You know, people often say to me, isn't it selfish to want to be happier? You know, this is all about you. What about the world? And my answer is, I believe that this is the least selfish thing that you could possibly do. Because when you become happier, you affect your family, you affect your your neighbors, you affect your coworkers, and ultimately, I think you affect the world. So I leave you with this Chinese proverb that sums up why I'm so passionate about this. And it goes like this. It says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And my prayer and my wish is that each of us feel that light in our own souls. And through that, we help contribute to peace on this planet. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much again for your time, Marcy. It was such a pleasure to connect. Mm, Thank you, Sarah. Would you agree with me that that was an incredibly powerful conversation? I know I gained so much insight and wisdom from that conversation and I'm looking forward to trying a lot of the practices and rituals that Marcy suggested. If you would like to get a free gift from Marcy, make sure you go to her website, which is happyfornoreason.com. 
That's happyfornoreason.com. She has a free gift that she would love to share with you, which is called the Happy For No Reason Workbook. And you'll find that there is the Happy For No Reason questionnaire and 21 additional happiness habit exercises and also happiness quotes from Happy For No Reason. So again, go to happyfornoreason.com to learn more about Marcy and the work that she does in the world. I am so pleased to have been able to present this episode to you today. And if you'd like to leave a review or some feedback, I would personally love it if you would do that. Go to iTunes.com in the review section and let me know what you thought of today's episode. Also, if you have any feedback or you'd like to suggest any guests that I have on in the future. Or even if you're just curious to see what other people's thoughts are about the show, make sure you check out the comments and reviews section because so many people have have expressed that this work is really powerful and it's beginning to create powerful and meaningful transformations in their life. And just while I have you here, I'd love to remind you that if you'd like to take your journey to manifesting to the next level, make sure you check out the Manifesting Academy. My Manifesting Academy is loved by thousands of people around the world, and it is one of the best resources to learn more about energy management, how to raise your vibration, how to work with the law of attraction, and also how to manifest your desires. So if you'd like to learn more about how to join our powerful soul tribe of like-minded kindred spirits, go to manifestingacademy.com for more information. And again, I'd like to take this moment to thank you for spending some time with me today. As always, it's such a pleasure to connect whatever you're doing, whatever you're participating in right now, whether you're cooking dinner for your children or you're at the gym listening to this podcast. I really want you to feel appreciation from me that you are putting your hand up to explore the ways in which you can make your life better and create powerful and profound transformation. That's it from me for today. Thank you so much. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.